You're listening to the Stable Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Stable Podcast. Uh, I'm here recording this intro in my home in Chichester, England. Uh, I've sent the kids off to school. My four-month-old has just gone down for a nap, and my wife is hitting the mat doing some kettlebell workout action. Uh, so I'm sipping on a mug of Square House coffee. Uh, this one's an Ethiopian blend, lovely, uh, and recording this intro for you. Uh, a reminder for all of those who haven't yet signed up for our on-demand platform at stable.com. Sign up today and you'll get free 14-day trial. Uh, so much content on there. Go and check it out. Don't hesitate. On today's episode, Steve and myself jump in a conversation with the worship titan whose career spans decades, yet he's still so young. Uh, the new look Leland with his short hair was the co-writer of Lion and the Lamb, one of the biggest sounds to hit the church, uh, co-written with his good friend Brenton Brown, uh, and recently he's blown up. He's been back in the public eye as he's covered the Sinatch song Waymaker incredible version uh, we get into the struggles in life and how that helps the writing process the side projects that he's got on uh, which sound incredible and how he juggles such a busy schedule whilst being a husband and dad so let's jump right in i hope you enjoy this conversation with leland so welcome along to our podcast uh this is the first podcast we're doing with an audience. Come on. It is. Now that's obviously your cue to make noise. There's about a three second gap there. Yeah. You've got to sharpen up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we are blessed to have the mighty Leela Morian with us. Give it up for this man. So cool. So cool. And so you have just come off a crazy run of dates. Yeah. You've just been on stage behind us here. It was amazing. And you're now about to head off to do another show. Yes. So we only have like this tiny window yes. with you. So we're going to dive straight we're into gonna it. We're going to do it quick. We're going to hop into the deep water. Let's do it. So the first thing I want to say is how many people over the years have called you Samson? Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're talking about when I had my long hair. Yeah. Uh, there's, there was a couple. I got a couple of nicknames in the Bethel camp with, okay. of Samson when I was there for a short period with my long hair. Did you lose any superpowers? I did. I lost some anointing when I cut it off. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but it's all good. I'm growing it back currently yeah. right now. That's why it was shorter than this. So. But you've written a few killer songs. Hey. So that's, that's got to help the, the boat, awesome. right? But, Amazing. you know, as somebody like we've toured together, we've known each other for a long time, is I, I see the hard work that you put in. And I see that, that as a touring artist, somebody who's a husband, as a dad, part of a local community in a church, you know, a lot of people don't see the hard work that goes into it. And, and first off, I just want to kind of say a respect because, oh, you know, what you do with your songs and how you kind of tour them around the world is that you're just bringing that anointing and blessing and imparting it in different places. Uh, and so we thank you for being here, first and oh, foremost. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, guys. But, but one thing I wondered is that as you travel around, you know, globally, mm. and as you see and hear your songs travel globally, can you gauge kind of like what the temperature's like? You know, sure. the, the spiritual, prophetic, the worship. Can you, can you sense... What's happening? Is there any yeah. experiences or, or stories that you, totally. that you get back to you? Usually it's at the end of a trip, especially on these kind of trips when we're, when we're 
usually our international trips are a, a week to two weeks long. So you get a, a sig- significant amount of time with people and meeting other believers from other churches and other parts of the, of the globe. And it usually is at the, on the back end of the trip when I come home and I get back to the States, that's when I realize the difference of, of what was happening and all that God was doing, all the positives and the gold. There's always treasure in, in different parts of the world. I think God's revealing himself in new and unique ways to different nations at, at the same time, yeah. uh, different aspects of his character and his nature. Um, and so that's the cool part about traveling the world is mm-hmm. that you experience all those things. There's a whole sorts of bunch of negative things about losing sleep and being away from your family and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, there's, but that's one of the best things is meeting. All, and I think one of the things about the UK in general um, and in Europe in general that I've experienced and even on this trip and previous trips is that uh, two things is that there is, um, there is a... Um, uh, a very multicultural, um, uh, welcoming atmosphere to the church here uh, in in the UK. In terms of not just in terms of the people in the room, but even in terms of the sound, mm-hmm. uh, the sound of worship that's coming out of um, Europe um, is is becoming is starting to become a multicultural sound, mm-hmm. which is really powerful to me because um, it, you know the world's becoming more urbanized, which is really important and cities are very multicultural. And so I think the church's music as a whole, the, the big C, uh, is the music is going to start sounding not just European or not just Western, but it's going to, it's going to start having other influences. Um, I think a big part of that is, uh, is, um, listening for and having our ears opened here in the West for the songs that are coming out of the other nations of the world and, uh, singing them, you know, for mm. over 30 years, the rest of the world, the nations of the world have sung our songs uh, from America or Australia or here in the UK uh, because they honor us and because they, they, they just love what God's doing. Um, and I think uh, one of my spiritual fathers said this uh, years ago when I was probably 12 or 13, um, he prophesied about America and he said, I believe in this and the, and the next move of God, you know, America's, and also you could, you could lump in the UK with this too, that the West has sent out so many missionaries to other nations of the world for the last hundred years uh, or more, just send them out all over the world. And he said, I believe that part of the harvest that God's going to do in America and in the West is that God is going to send back people from these nations to start to be, to basically revive and awaken our own nations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see the song Waymaker as, as part of that. It's a, yeah, talk it's to a, that. Cause, yeah. Cause that journey for, for us to see, you know, mm-hmm. like we didn't, like a lot of us, I'm saying we as if like it's the whole nation, but yeah. I'm just saying within kind of the like divorce of Doug, Mike, yeah. no, <laughs> within kind of like Mike, Mike and a group of friends and someone who's involved in like Christian music and stuff is that I'd never heard of Sinatch. Yeah. You know, yeah. A- until somebody kind of said to me about a year and a half ago, it's like, yeah, have you heard of this, this, you know, woman Sinatch, she's got like about 75 billion followers. Yeah, it's crazy. You just look at kind Isn't of all awesome? the stats and I'm like, what? The next thing you know, it's like you guys are releasing weight. It's like, how on earth does that even come about? Well, it's, uh, I think it's, it's amazing because the, the world is so connected now through social media and through, uh, just through the internet. I, and this is what I love so much about Stable is that it literally is. It's, it's uh, going heading and just falling headfirst into all of the, the technological and connect, uh, connectivity tools that God has given the world now. Mm. I, I think about, you know, how would the disciples utilize the internet 
if they were alive today. And I, I think it would look something like stable. Like seriously, this is amazing. Um, the fact that people from anywhere in the world, uh, people who don't even have running water um, or, or even, my parents were recently on a, on a missions trip to um, South America and they were building a home for a family that was a, a poor family um, that didn't have a home. Their home was, you know, was just made up of whatever they could find. Um, so we're just sort of exposed to the elements. So they're building this house for them and they look down and the daughter has a smartphone. It's the wildest thing. And she's, you know, scrolling on her phone and I don't know how they, they were able to get one, but they have one. And I think that's, uh, you know, that just kind of testifies to the wild kind of world we're living in, how connected we are, but also the opportunity to minister to people. So I was actually in my mom's house. Uh, she's always showing me new songs and new videos and she's on Facebook. I'm an Instagram guy, but she's, a, she's on Facebook and Facebook confuses me. I just get stressed out when I look at it. There's too many buttons and, you know, uh, and so she was on there and she showed me this video of Sinatch leading, leading the song, Waymaker. And she said, listen to the song. And I just... I immediately started weeping in the room, like it was in our, my mom's living room, and our family immediately started singing Just to say, you're in good it. company. We're weepers as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Proper, just yeah. sobbing it at the back when you were singing earlier, mate. So yeah, no, you're, seriously. In, you're in good company. Sorry, yeah, it's good. Me. We'll all cry together later. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> no, but that song. I, I, there's every once in a while you hear those songs that seem they're global. They're not just songs for one nation, but they're song for na- they're songs for, there's the song for the nations of the world. And those are the songs that kind of come from heaven. I think God just, those are suddenly songs. It's really tough to sit in a room and just write those from scratch. Yeah. Those are the things that really have to come in an inspired moment. Maybe they're finished that way, but, but they, and I, and I would love to talk more with Sinatra about how that song came, but um, we heard it through Facebook and then we, immediately our band started playing it on the road. And I think that year we did was our tour with you guys. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we started playing it on that tour yeah. all across the UK um, for a couple of weeks. We, it was in every set in the night. And no matter what denomination, we were in different denominations. It yep. just always worked. So, yeah, when it came to making the record, there was, a, there was quite a few songs we wanted to cover, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and our heart is we want to start diving in more and collaborating more with worship leaders from other nations of the world. Yeah. What you just said about, you know, this being a connected world, I think is so powerful. And the fact that that connectivity just travels. And I think what really impacted me by the set you just played at Stable is what God put on our heart was this idea of facilitating telling the story mm. behind the songs. And, uh, and I have to say, I'm with Doug. You had me like <laughs> weeping when you were just sharing some of those stories yeah. from the circumstances that you were in. And um, yeah, you were just like really honest and vulnerable. You spoke about stuff that's unspeakable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. Talking about pornography and yeah. the impact that has, you know, just how many men on this planet yeah. are living in secret and shame. Oh. Yes. And the fruit of that is ruining their lives. Yeah. Um, why did you just choose to be so honest and vulnerable before um, oh, performing yeah. that song? Well, I think, uh, it's, I think it's, that's, I think pornography is probably, as an addiction, is probably the, the one sin and the one thing that there's so much shame attached to it, um, you know, there's there's been a uh, there's been a growing acceptance in the church um, towards emotional health, um, and and it's it's still a, a lot of shame can be attached to dealing with anxiety and depression and and all of that as well. Uh, 
but it seems like I, you know, I walk the aisles of Christian bookstores and there's, there's books left and right on emotional health and, and all these things, but it's, it's almost like this taboo topic to talk about pornography mm. um, when really it's, it's an addiction like, like anything else. Um, and, you know, um, I think for me, you know, a testimony is really powerful because when you testify about something, there was a while there where I didn't really share very much with people about it because of the whole taboo nature of it. But as soon as God began to set me free from this thing and I started having freedom in my mind, which is where God, where all those things start, whether it's anxiety or depression or uh, an addiction of any kind, or this is substance abuse or anything, um, it all starts in the in the mind in your thought life. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the thoughts you don't know you're thinking, uh, uh, that's the stuff that God wants to, re- to heal, the place in our heart. And so when God started bringing freedom into my marriage, uh, into, because my wife, uh, you know, at, during that same time was dealing pretty intensely with depression and, and, and we were both dealing with these hidden things we were keeping with one another because we, we were afraid to share. But when we started experiencing freedom through meditating on the word of God and um, that becoming like a heavenly habit in our life, um, a good thing, like a good repetition in our life that it started changing the way we were thinking. Um, I couldn't be quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everywhere I would go and I'd talk about it, uh, that had 10, 20 guys come up to me, sometimes, sometimes women as well, coming up to me saying, this, this issue has been a massive thing in my life. I'm dealing with this thing. I'm, you know, I'm 40 years old. I'm still dealing with it. I'm 50. I'm still dealing with it. What have you found freedom? And I just go, man, these are, these are moms. These are dads. These are sons and daughters. These aren't just like criminals, you know, that we should like shame and, and look at in any different way. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is realizing that God never intended for me um, uh, to be addicted to it. It was never his intention or his, or his purpose. Uh, he was, his intention and purpose for me is, is that I was predestined before the foundation of the world that I should be set apart for him, holy and blameless, um, set apart for adoption as a son through the son, Jesus Christ. That's God's destiny for me. Um, and so when I begin to think the way God thinks about me, um, and, and, and it brought freedom to my life. Now God wants us to be agents of reconciliation in the world. Recon- in the same way he's reconciled us to the Father, we're called to reconcile others to the Father. So uh, the antithesis of that and the, the, the opposite of that, of me being a reconciler, would, would be to not talk about it, uh, would be to, to, to box it up and, uh, and keep it secret or hidden. Um, and I think there's can freedom. I, can I just ask you specifically, what advice would you give to people listening to this where they're mm-hmm. just like, how on earth would I tell my wife? Because yeah, fear would be yeah. my marriage would be over, my relationship would be ruined if I yeah. actually confess stuff that um, has all of this stigma attached to it. Yeah. What would your advice be to people who are listening to you going, I could never bring this out into the open. Yeah. Well, I would say I, I had that same, I can only speak from my, my personal experience. I had that same fear. Uh, but when I began to open up to my wife about it and talk about it, yes, there was a, there was a season where it was really tough. Uh, it, it was, it put a strain on, on our, on our marriage and our relationship. Uh, it wasn't easy initially. Mm. Um, but I will tell you that it, there was such a relief, um, sharing it. It, it was like a, it was worth all of the all of the awkwardness, it was worth all of the, um, all of the, the pain that, mm-hmm. that it brought bringing it out. Um, but I will tell you this, my wife respected me more uh, than beforehand. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was honest and was able to tell the truth of something I was dealing with. And, and when somebody says I do, uh, they say for better or worse, you know? And, and usually um, your spouse, they love you and they want you to be healed and set free just as much as you do. Um, so I, and 
for, in us and our marriage, it's done nothing but actually add more health. Um, and I think that's a, really a lie of the enemy that don't tell anyone, keep it closed or else it's going to ruin everything. Um, I think God is a lot more merciful, a lot more gracious. Um, he's the redeemer. That's what he does. He redeems what the enemy meant for evil and destruction. He turns it around for our good and for his glory. And so um, to me, man, I, I just think that obviously, you know, you need to use wisdom and, and, and um, you don't go around barking that to everybody. You know, you gotta, you've got to, during your time of healing, you need to make sure it's with people that you really love and, and love you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a time when God sets you free that it's time to testify about it. It's time to, when you, a testimony is, is really prophetic, it's saying God will do this again. Yeah. Every time you testify, you're saying God will do this again. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, Paul said, I came knowing nothing, but, but Christ and him crucified. I, I did nothing but share, he did nothing but share his testimony. And so that's, that's where I've, why I've been a lot more vocal about it in the past few years is because it's a big part of my testimony, my walk with Jesus. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, Thank you so yeah. much for your honesty. Appreciate that, man. It's, well, it's just, you know, this idea about creativity and arts and the fact that you've chosen to use this platform that you mm-hmm. found yourself on to actually speak something that, you know, that could just break tens of thousands of chains off of lives and bring freedom. And what's been interesting, I think, for us as we've been, you know, building out Stable is just seeing the fact that actually artists are influences of nations music just transcends logic mm. and it speaks to emotion mm. um i'm just really interested in your thoughts on how impactful you believe music yeah. can be in those real life social human yes mm. issues yeah well i think uh, you, you said it best c.s lewis uh at the beginning of his of his career in Oxford, he did a lot of debates, uh, apologetic debates. He would debate atheists and humanists on the existence of God. And it's it's very rare that you feel like somebody won a debate. Uh, but if you do feel like someone won a debate, or they, they really must have really won it, because that's a big deal. Because most of the room is usually split down the middle. Um, sorry, I had a donut earlier, so it's coming up. <laughs> um, thank you, thank you, Doug. Uh, but C.S. Lewis, so he would do a lot of these debates, and then he wrote in a letter to a friend. He kind of stopped out of nowhere, and people were kind of wondering why he stopped debating. And he wrote in a letter to a friend who asked him, you know, why haven't you been debating lately? And he said, well, he said, um, I, I, never felt, I never felt more wrong than defending, uh, than defending truth, you know, uh, through this, like, rationalization and reason, like just arguing with somebody using intellect to defend truth. He said, it just, it never felt more wrong. Even when I felt like I'd won, I felt like I'd lost. Um, and so from that moment forward, he started writing Chronicles of Narnia and started working on his book. And he realized that truth is actually almost best wrapped in story. Uh, and I think we see it all the time on social media. You know, imagine whether it's a political debate about uh Trump, or uh, or it's, easy time, hey, hey, yeah. or uh, or uh, <laughs> um, no, uh, anything else. Uh, it's it's rare that you see people in the comment section go, you know, you're what you're you're totally right. I'm gonna stop believing what I was believing 30 minutes before, and from now on, you've completely changed my mind. Like that rarely happens. It's just a fight over. It's just cyclical, and I think uh, that's what it's like fighting with somebody intellectually. I'm uh, trying to explain something to them. I think you know there there is a place for it, but at the end of the day, any art form, whether it's music or storytelling or a movie or um, uh, a picture, a painting, it 
C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, it has the ability to go behind the dragon and cut its head off. Uh, whereas when I'm just using Mandalay, it's like fighting a dragon face forward with no weapon. It's just, a, it's a losing yeah. battle. Um, and so that's why he started writing stories. And that's where I feel like probably the biggest sleeping giant that's in the church right now globally are the storytellers. Um, and, and I, and I, not just the ones who, who feel called to tell stories in the context of the local church on Sunday morning. Um, you know, I, I feel that calling in my life to, to write song, songs for my local church, uh, songs that we would sing on Sunday morning, songs that we would sing in these kind of gatherings where we sing to directly to God that are encouraging us about the nature of God um, and that have its place in a corporate setting. Uh, but specifically, the storytellers that are in the church now that maybe don't feel like the, the passion they have for telling stories, it, it doesn't really fit as a puzzle piece on Sunday morning. Maybe it's made for the, the, the music venue on, on Friday night, or maybe it's made for the coffee shop, or maybe it's made for the spoken word venue, or maybe it's made for the art gallery, or maybe it's made for the, 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 sh the film festival. Whatever it is, there's so many other storytelling forms outside of what we do on Sunday morning um, that, that are just as valuable to the kingdom of God as singing, um, you know, line and lamb. Um, they're, they're just as valuable to God. Um, and actually, to me, there's billions of people that will never come to our worship services. There's billions of people that will never turn on the Christian playlist on Spotify, uh, but they'll turn on the pop or the folk or the country playlist, or they'll turn on um, you know, hip hop and they'll listen to different genres of music and they're still searching for truth. So um, one of my hearts this next year is to restore the storyteller to the local church and, and the pastors wow. and leaders to the to the storytellers as well, that we're not fighting against each other. Because I think sometimes we can have uh, a disenfranchisement with the church. You know, we'll, uh, you know, maybe we have this art form, this thing, and we don't feel like there's a place for it on Sunday morning at our church. And so we get disenfranchised, maybe some, some wrong things are said. And so because the church is full of people, it's easy to get hurt by it because we're all human. Uh, but sometimes we tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just say, well, I'm just gonna go start a whole new thing over here and build this entirely new thing um, and you know, sort of just you know, stick a finger up to the church and say, "Bye, guys, I'm done." You know, I'm I'm mad. This finger. Um, but here's the reality. You know, if if we never learn how to do the new thing that God is is releasing into the earth, um, but at the same time treasure the the old things God's revealed to generations past, then we'll never do anything eternal, because God's kingdom is from generation. Two generation, the Bible says. And Jesus said, every scribe trains for the kingdom of God is like a master of his house that pulls out of his treasure new and old. Mm. And so um, the Bible says there's healing in the, in the old paths. So there are things that God's revealed to my parents' generation and, there, and my grandparents' generation. Uh, and I was listening to a, uh, a pastor recently, this is kind of all tying in, that, uh, that was speaking on um, how... You know, he said, you know, I've packed my bags from this movement and I moved on. And, you know, he, he's kind of was going through it. You know, at one point my church was a uh, more of a charismatic church. Then another point it was more of a, a liturgy church. Then at another point it was more of a word of faith church. And he's kind of going through these cycles and, and he's sort of speaking in a condescending tone about how they've, he's grown and sort of graduated from those more immature uh, versions of the faith. And, and I just kind of was listening and I was going, man, like, what if not one of them is more immature or mature than the other? What if each of them are treasures God's revealed to different generations? And maybe the problem is, is that we keep 
leaving the thing that God's that's generational and we keep going and trying to build something brand new. But really all we're doing is that we're teaching our children to deconstruct from us when they get older. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they'll do the same thing. So I think the biggest thing that a, uh, a generation has to learn is how to grab the beautiful things that God's revealed to our parents and our grandparents um, and treasure those. Uh, remove the dysfunction, obviously, because humans are involved. So there's gonna be dysfunction. There's gonna be perversions and twisting of it. So remove that stuff, but keep the good things that God's revealed yeah. in the Word of Faith movement. The good things God's revealed in, in the Pentecostal and charismatic traditions. The good things God's revealed in all these things. And, and as God's revealing something new in the world, be excited about the new thing, but hold them together so that we can be a part of something that's bigger than just our generation. It's mm. for our children, you know, and teaching them how to live in a healthy life. And I think part of the new thing God's doing is the arts. Mm. And, and, and my heart is that I, I wanna make sure that, that this conversation of, of the explosion that God's doing in the body of Christ in the arts, that it doesn't produce a disenfranchised artist uh, that, that is, is, um, is at odds with the local church. And is, and is sort of like in a way hurt by it and moving on and just kind of building their new thing um, because that's, that's just repeating the same cycles. And we have to, at some point, we have to find a healthy marriage of the two. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. You, you speak with such eloquence and you're a great storyteller and we could talk to you all day. <laughs> Steve's a talker as well. Yeah. So... I love that uh, about Steve. I, I do have to kind of point out that that right now you're meant to be in a different part of the country doing yes. a seminar. <laughs> so we're just saying to that kind of uh, conference that's happening, apologies. Uh, <laughs> but we're having a great time, thanks. Um, now, now, we know the stories that kind of like you grew up in this kind of creative family. And yes. you went on these crusades and you went on these pilgrimages yeah. all across North America. Yeah. And it's brought you here today. And people would probably know you as, you know, a worship leader mm -hmm. or like a songwriter. But I know for a fact that there's some other kind of creative outlets that you're yeah. kind of working on. And I just thought as we kind of wrap this time up, it might be good to kind of throw in some of those other sure. things that you're working on, yeah. which we can look forward to oh, this next year. Makes, I love it. I got to figure out how to be short and concise with this. <laughs> Because um, I could talk about this for eight hours. Um, I, um, so I've always had like a dualistic calling on my life. I've, uh, our band started when I was 16. So I've always loved worship and still love worship and love the local church. And uh, this next year I'll be um, taking a uh, pastoral worship position at a, a church in Houston, Texas. Awesome. So pastoring is going to be a bigger, a lot bigger part of my life moving forward in the future. But um, at the same time, I have this artist storytelling side of me that's very much alive. And, and when I was 15, 16, writing you know, worship songs, I would also get love songs from my wife and, and storytelling songs about characters, but I never really knew where to place them. Mm. I'm kind of confused. And I think everything has its time. But uh, uh, moving into this next year, uh, there's a project that we're really excited about focusing on uh, at the same time with the Leland Band, uh, which I really see as songs for the church that are songs specifically for encouraging the local body of Christ. Yeah. Uh, there's a, another a band that we've started with, with, with the Leland Band. It's just basically another band uh, that we have. And really, it's just kind of a home for all the other kinds of songs that, we're gonna, that God's given us to write. There's two songs out on Spotify. It's called The Normies. The Normies. The Normies. You heard it here first. N-O-R-M-I-E-S. And uh, we're on Instagram and Spotify, and we've got two songs. There's a single called Money, which is about the pursuit of money and how it doesn't make you happy um, and leaves you 
empty. And so there's something bigger than just pursuing finances. And, uh, and the other one's uh, just a, a classic love song, another piece of my heart. Um, but we're excited this next year to release, hopefully our, our goal is to release a song a month. Um, and and I don't think people need permission at all. I don't think believers like go, you can do this now. But I feel like in some ways, uh, when I see people doing things, uh, that are creative and artistic and inspires me and gives me courage that I can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel that same kind of calling on my life as a, as I feel a call to pastor worship leaders and, and musicians in the local church, mm-hmm. how, to, how to do that in a healthy way. Uh, at the same time, I feel a calling to storytellers and creatives and uh, that, that love the church, but have another calling outside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like this could give permission to that. Yeah. Um, we've gathered, had two creative nights, uh, in, in our home. And uh, the last two months, we had one every month and had about 40 or 50 people from Houston, oh, awesome. kind of coming from different churches that have these passions in their life to tell stories. And so uh, we're really excited about that. So I'm, I'm excited about this next year. It's going to be a, uh, a balance, a song and dance between yep. the two, but I'm really passionate so about it. So that's the normies. We also have a few geeks in the audience here. Yes. And especially because we're we've been touring this week with John Mark McMillan. Yes. And like these these boys are also they're, they're incredible, but they're also geeks. I love geeks. We're all into comic books. Are we, okay. So talk to us. We gotta do another podcast, the whole <laughs> one about it. In thirty seconds, sum up. Yeah, what, sure. What you're on. So I there's a uh, me and my brother-in-law. Uh, we uh, he's he's a, gr- a great storyteller, um, and so we're actually working on a graphic novel right now that I'm All really right. excited about. Um, and um, I'm a, a major nerd, so I read comic books and uh, dove Bump into it. it. No I know. Boy. Come on, yeah. let's do it. And uh, anyway, so I'm excited about doing that and wrapping a live experience around it, um, something that you can in, in, uh, engage with. And uh, so I'm really pumped about that. And I know you're not so, going to give anything away about the story. Sure. But, but we spent like about a three-hour drive. You yes, just we did. Unpacking this. Yeah. And it's way better than anything that I've heard. <laughs> That's <laughs> so awesome. It's going to be amazing. No, so, I'm super yeah. excited about it. I think storytelling is awesome because it gives you an, an opportunity to address some of the philosophical ideas and things that our generation is dealing with. Our generation is a very, it's a deep thinking intellectual generation and yeah. we really value intellect and, and, and really philosophy and deep thinking. So I'm excited about through the normies and some of these other avenues, addressing some of those philosophical and deep questions yeah. about life and morality and all those things that are really important uh, from without using necessarily uh, the Bible or um, or a scripture per se, but but if I could sing or tell a story to a person who who doesn't consider themselves a believer that maybe considers themselves an atheist, how would I uh, share the truth with them? So yeah, that's yeah. kind of the idea behind that. Bring us home, Steve. Well, I'm I'm not of that bent in life. <laughs> I'm more of a business guy, and I'm sitting here thinking, actually, stable Houston. Live at Leland's yes. house. Hey, there we go. I'm just, Come on. Uh, you know, yeah. I think we can work this up. Come on, we awesome. can do it. We can do it. Let's do uh, it. It has been such a privilege just um, being in the room with you oh, as you and your band an play you, and getting to talk to you. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. It's amazing. What a blessing. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining our conversation. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe, give us a five-star review, and come and check out what we're up to at stable.com. Remember, we all have a story to tell, and each one matters. So go share it with someone. It's good to talk. See you next time.